We're going to talk about immigration. Since taking office, President Trump has maintained a hard line on immigration issues. Last month, Attorney General Jeff Sessions went to the Mexican border to announce directives to federal prosecutors meant to increase federal enforcement of immigration laws. For those that continue to seek improper and illegal entry into this country, be forewarned. This is a new era. This is the Trump era. The lawlessness, the abdication of duty to enforce our laws, and the catch-and-release policies of the past are over. A number of states and city governments, however, disagree with the Trump administration on immigration issues. And now California's state Senate has passed a bill that would set up a direct clash with the president. The bill would make California a so-called sanctuary state for undocumented immigrants in defiance of the president's executive order from early in his administration that's meant to deny federal funds to sanctuary cities and other jurisdictions that don't cooperate with federal immigration authorities. With us to talk about the California bill and Trump administration uh, immigration policy are Hans Van Spakovsky, manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative at the Heritage Foundation, and Grissel Ruiz, attorney at the Immigrant Legal Resource Center. Um, Grissel, can you... um, summarize for us what this California bill would do? Hi, yes, this is Griselle. Um, So SB 54 is a state bill that was introduced in California in December of last year. It is um, a bill that would basically tie up a lot of the um, loose ends and a lot of the the, um, opportunities that exist exist right now for local law enforcement on the ground here in California to cooperate with federal immigration officials. Um, And the need for this bill is extremely high. Um, What many people don't know is that there is already a very, very deep cooperation uh, with local law enforcement and federal immigration officials. In fact, we've already had very, very high deportation numbers even under the Obama administration, and these figures were were achieved by and large by this deep cooperation. So SB 54, um, given where we are right now with, with this administration, couldn't come at a better time. Instead of going a little bit more top level, what SB 54 does is um, it, it stops this cooperation, this um, uh, complicitness in, in, in our um, with our state being part of the deportation system in a variety of ways. Um, it ensures that uh, ICE agents aren't routinely going into our jails and um, engaging in unmirandized interviews with, with um, immigrants. It also ensures that um, local law enforcement doesn't um, comply with um, ICE detainers and most ICE notification requests, which are tools that ICE uses to apprehend individuals. Um, it also ensures that individuals that, that um, our states uh, um, public areas such as public libraries and schools and courthouses remain equally accessible to everybody by ensuring that ICE agents don't enter those institutions. Hans, did Senate President Pro Tem Kevin DeLeon amend it to let state and local law enforcement notify immigration and customs enforcement federal agents before convicted serious or violent felons are released from custody. Is that part of the bill? I believe there is. It keeps going through different versions, but I think there's an exception for certain violent felonies. But it doesn't cover all kinds of things that ought to be a part of this, such as human trafficking or, or child abuse and, and other crimes. You know, what, look, what this bill does is very simple. It provides sanctuary for criminal illegal aliens in the state of California. And it means that the, the state is basically saying 
that it would rather release uh, illegal aliens who've been convicted of crimes uh, back into the community. They'd rather do that where they can victimize more Californians than call up the federal government and say, um, this person is about to finish uh, his sentence, and will you please come pick them up and deport them? And we're we're talking about uh, many many crimes of all kinds that wouldn't be covered under that exception, you know, burglary, larceny, and the the criminal histories of uh, criminal illegal aliens have been documented uh, most recently by a GAO report. And many of these criminal illegal aliens are repeat offenders um, who are just going to get out and victimize more people. Griselle, there is a federal law that requires that prevents states from um, and localities from preventing their their employees communicating about people's immigration status, isn't there? So is this law consistent with this proposed law consistent with federal law? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're referring to um, federal statute 1373. But if I could just respond really quickly to some of Hans's comments, um, we actually already have a criminal justice system in place, which will hold people, um, which which will hold people accountable to, to any offenses that they may have committed, and that that that's a system that um, is is something that individuals, regardless of immigration status, are going to be subject to. When we're talking about funneling people, those same individuals, into immigration proceedings, what a lot of people don't know is in immigration proceedings. You rarely get a fair day in court. You often, you may or may not be able to see a judge. There are no public defenders. You could be transferred states away. So we're having, we're basically sanctioning. We're, if, if we're saying that our criminal justice system should be complicit in the civil immigration system, we're basically saying that same, the same individual, um, regardless, uh, that that an individual is essentially subject to a second layer of punishment, not only to whatever they are held to be accountable for in the criminal justice system, but that funneled into this incredibly broken immigration system, which absolutely lacks due process. We've been talking about California's bill, uh, currently that's passed the state Senate, that would make California into a sanctuary state to protect undocumented immigrants from deportation and from being found out by federal authorities. Uh, The Trump administration issued an executive order back in January that would cut off funding to sanctuary cities. And if there are sanctuary states, I imagine it would cut off funding to them, too, um, based on the notion that if they are violating a federal law, which is uh, 8 U.S.C. Section 1373, that prohibits Uh, federal, state, and local governments from uh, restricting the ability of their employees from uh, in communicating information about citizenship status to the Immigration and Nationalization Service, funding would be cut off on various federal programs. We're talking about California's attempt to get around this um, with Hans von Spakovsky, who is the manager of the Election Reform Initiative at the Heritage Foundation, and Griselle Ruiz, um, an attorney at the Immigrant Legal Resource Center, um, uh, who is specializes, obviously, in immigration. Hans, you, we have this federal statute um, that, that we've been talking about, and we also have California's bill now, which would seem to restrict the ability of, um, of California employees to communicate with the federal government. Is there a way to square those two things? Uh, no, they're not. And in fact, that provision of federal law that you just referenced um, has been upheld. Uh, you may recall a couple of years ago, um, the Justice Department went to court, sued Arizona after it passed a statute that required 
local and state law enforcement to check on the immigration status of individuals they arrested and detained. Um, the court upheld that provision and actually ruled against uh, the Justice Department's claim that such a requirement violated uh, federal immigration law. In fact, they came out the opposite way. So this federal provision has been upheld, and this state provision in California uh, violates that. And, and again, I mean, going going down to the bottom line here is, um, look, in 2011, the GAO put out a report, and it looked at the criminal histories of, of over 200,000 criminal aliens who were in federal, state, and local prisons across the country. They had committed 3 million criminal offenses. About 54% of the illegal aliens who are in prison across the country uh, that the federal government, uh, you know, they have a program where they provide reimbursement for some of the costs of incarceration. 54% of the uh, illegal aliens in that reimbursement program are all in California. Uh, 50 percent of those inmates were in jail for everything from drug dealing to assault to sex offenses. The rest were in jail for things like homicide uh, down to weapons violations. And the vast majority of those convicted criminals under this California law would be re-released into communities where they can, uh, again, victimize families and others rather than being turned over to the federal government so they can be deported. Not a single one of those three million criminal offenses would have occurred if those illegal aliens were not in the United States. And that's Grizel, the bottom line. Grizel, uh, I'd like you to respond to the same question. Yeah, sure. Um, so 1373, SB 54 is not in violation of 1373. So you go ahead and you read 1373, and it says that local governments cannot pass a policy that prohibits the communication of immigration status. So it is very narrow. It's very specific. When you go through SB 54, it does uh, provide limitations on a variety of things. For example, release of someone's uh, someone's release date, um, you know, maybe uh, restricting the, re the release of someone's home address. But nowhere in that in the bill does it restrict the communication of immigration status specifically. And because of that, um, SB 54 is not in violation of 1373. And then taking a step back, I really do think it's, it's so important to remember that we do have safeguards already that exist in the criminal justice system to address the, the issues that, that, that um, my co-presenter is, is raising. So we already have... Um, we have judges, we have prosecutors, we have um, already a pretty aggressive sentencing structure to address all of the issues that are being that are being um, mentioned. And quite frankly, we've seen ICE time and time again tear families apart and violate due process in the name of public safety. And because ICE is a civil agency, regrettably, they're not held to the same constitutional standards as even our criminal justice system. Hans, we have about 30 seconds left, but I just want to ask you a, a quick question about the executive order that California is responding to here. You know, can the president cut off all federal funding based on a violation of this statute we've been talking about? Well, that's not what they've proposed. What, what General Sessions came out and said that uh, no city uh, with the sanctuary policy would be entitled to get any of the discretionary grants that the Justice Department uh, gives out to local uh, cities and, and towns. That's a little over $4 billion, and that's entirely within the discretion of the Attorney General as to decide who gets those grants. And it makes perfect sense not to give that money, which is intended to improve law enforcement, to uh, towns and cities that are, in fact, obstructing federal law enforcement. 
Well, our thanks to Hans von Spakovsky of the Heritage Foundation and Griselle Ruiz of the, an attorney at the Immigrant Legal Resource Center for being with us today on Bloomberg Law to talk about immigration policy and California possibly becoming a sanctuary state.